Welcome to Transformation for Success with Dr. Barbara Young. If you're looking for something more, something different, something better, this is your opportunity. Over the next hour, we'll talk about inspiration for personal and professional success. Now, here is your host, Dr. Barbara Young. Hello there, and a special big shout out to my national, international, and my local and U.S. fans. We are coming live from California. I want to thank all of you for your support and for tuning into or downloading the Transformation for Success show each week. And for those of you who might be new listeners, the shows are rebroadcast on the Empowerment and Business channels on Fridays at noon. And Transformation for Success is a live radio broadcast, and it's immediately downloaded in podcast format for iTunes, Roku, and Stitcher. So please share with your friends and colleagues. And for those of you out there, please know, also, I have a television online network, Transformation for Success TV, and you can access it online via voiceamericatv.com. You can also access and view these shows on your phone. I have an app. Yes, I do. Dr. Barbara Young through Google or Apple, and it's free. And you can access the radio shows and the television shows right on your cell phone. So you've got to catch the Total Woman Show, the Millennial Money Minute, and the Ana Delgadillo Show that is in Spanish and English. And there are more shows coming up this next month. We'd love to have your comments and feedback. So you got to go and you got to watch the shows. Well, And today, I have in the studio a dynamic guest, Dr. Anita Polite-Wilson, also known as Dr. Anita. With over 20 years of experience, this young woman is a scholar practitioner with knowledge of adult learning theory, coaching, and mentoring, and implementation of organizational leadership initiatives. She served as an executive coach, workshop facilitator, and organizational development consultant helping individuals and teams raise their awareness about leveraging individual strengths to accelerate organizational performance. So I want you to stay tuned for my guest, Dr. Anita Polite-Wilson. Now, if you wish to call in today's show to ask a question of Dr. Anita, I welcome you to call in live at one 888 9141. Again, that's 1 346 9141. So today, Dr. Anita, my guest, is going to share her transformational journey that led her work today, helping individuals and organizations leverage strengths based development to accelerate greater personal and organizational performance. And further, she's going to share how she believes everyone is gifted to shift into new levels of success. Well, hello, Dr. Anita, and welcome to the Transformation for Success show. Well, hello, Dr. Barbara. I am so excited to be here. I am just grinning from ear to ear. Well, good. Well, I hope you keep grinning with all the questions I got to ask you because we got a lot to talk about today. <laughs> well, let's get to it. <laughs> but first, share with uh, the listeners a bit about your early life. Tell us all where it, wow, where it well, began. My, 
My early life, um, I was raised with a wonderful brother, Pastor John Polite, and my parents, mm-hmm. um, Reverend Mary Polite and John Polite, Jr. And, you know, we were encouraged to explore anything that we wanted to explore, whether it was dance, music, theater, science, fashion. We were encouraged to explore anything. So I don't have any sad stories to tell. I was raised with a wonderful childhood. But I will say that um, by the time I got to high school, I really wasn't that much into studying. And um, by the time I got to junior college, it wasn't that I wasn't much into studying. I didn't know what to study. So Mm -hmm. trying to figure it out, and this is a part of my story that I used to be embarrassed about, but now I share because everyone's journey is different. I spent four years at a two-year college, Riverside Community College, because I was trying to figure it out. And I remember going to the Career Development Center, taking an assessment to see what it is I should do, and results came back, you can do anything you want, which did not help me make a decision. So I went on ahead and graduated. Fast forward about 10 years after some time in the workforce. My first quote-unquote big girl job was at the Xerox Corporation, and I was blessed to be there to meet mentors and to learn management skills at any level, and it was a wonderful experience for me. And after there and going to a couple of other places, I ended up at Biola University where I found my love for leadership development and organizational development, and from there, I've just been taken off like a shot. So with that, I would encourage people, don't give up. It takes some of us a little bit longer to figure it out, but once we figure it out, we were off like a rocket because even though it took me four years to go get a two-year degree, by the time I went for my PhD, which most people take five to seven years, I got mine done in just under three. So once you find your passion, you can make up for lost time, but there is no such thing as lost time. It's all a learning process. But what were some of your challenges? Because I think, you know, you share a good story here. You had a great childhood. You didn't really have any challenges like some people do in their childhood years. But but what were some of your challenges? Because you're talking about you're accelerating four years, you got your PhD, you 10 years, you worked at all these different companies. So, but what were some of the challenges that you had to overcome to break through to where you are today? Figuring out what was inside of me. Um, Mm -hmm. I think that one of my biggest aha moments came when I discovered what my five strengths are. And everyone's got five strengths. Those are the things that you do so naturally that you don't even recognize it. I remember coaching a young woman. She's an entrepreneur. And uh, I had asked her to go and take the assessment. And instead of paying the extra money to get a brand new book with an assessment in it, she just went on ahead and got a used book and tried to guess what her five strengths were. And out of five strengths, she got two of them right. So I asked her to go back and take the actual assessment and get her actual results. And when I was walking her through the three results that she never guessed, she said, you know, I'm just not sure this is me. So I said, okay, well, let's look at this one. I said, do you do X, Y, and Z? She said, yes. I said, okay, let's look at that one. Do you do one, two, and three? She said, yes. I said, well, let's look at this third one. Do you do A, B, and C? And she said, yes. And I said, the reason you didn't recognize them is because they're so natural to you. You won't recognize them, and that, that's what makes things a strength. So what helped me was figuring out what my strengths were because I knew I was good at things. I just didn't know why. And once mm-hmm. I understood what my strengths were, I was able to see a theme throughout my life. So whether I'm a one-on-one coach, whether I am working with a group of individuals, whether I'm speaking to a crowd of 500 to 1,000, or whether I'm coaching fitness in my spin cycle class, I'm using my two top strengths of Maximizer, which is helping people go from good to great, and Relator, which is building deep relationships with people as I help them achieve their goals. 
Do you feel, though, have you come across people who, in spite of knowing what their strengths were, did not use them to the advantages that they should have? All the time. And here's something that Mm -hmm. I see most commonly. People are so busy trying to be envious of others that they neglect their own gifts. And so what I try and get people to stop and think about is, is it the gift that Dr. Barbara has or is it the influence that Dr. Barbara has? And so if it's the gift, there's no point in being jealous of Dr. Barbara's gifts because her gifts are her gifts. But if it's Dr. Barbara's ability to influence others, you take your gifts and say, well, how can I use this to have influence with other people? And so I try to get people to understand, is it the gift that you're envious of or is it the result that you would like to have? And there's a huge difference. And once I can get people to understand that it's not the gift that Dr. Barbara has, but it's the results that Dr. Barbara can attain, people can stop being jealous of Dr. Barbara. They can stop being threatened by Dr. Barbara, and they can stand in their own sense, in their own giftings, in their own talents, in their own calling that God has packaged them with. Because I believe three things, Dr. Barbara, we are gifted to shift, we are packaged with potential for purpose, and we are experienced enough to find answers from within. And when we take all these things and put them together, we can show up and be Dr. Nita, we can be Pastor John, we can be Sister Linda, and show up with all the power and authority that God has given us and get those results that we see in other people. And the whole idea is we're here to help each other. We're here to help each other. Mm-hmm. What have you found, though, um, in working with some of the organizations, uh, workshops uh, that you've worked with? Uh, because, you know, and I have to go back to this, Dr. Anita, because we're living in some very troubled times. And yeah. all of this, you know, there, there are so many people out there who are still searching um, searching for that and it's like the the shift the knowing that I have a purpose that I am okay with who I am sort of mm-hmm. mitigates against the jealousy or, or looking at somebody else I always call it looking in somebody else's box which you had that gift mm-hmm. but really mm-hmm. in search of so what have you found uh, in organizations because I know you've done a lot of work uh, with organizations, what are you finding that people, I mean, many of them are, are still in search of? Do you find that to be so? And what's happening? I do, and I get really emotional around this topic. What I've found in organizations, especially last year when I was facilitating some diversity and inclusion training, mm-hmm. is that people are feeling demotivated, they're feeling devalued, they're feeling discouraged because we don't see each other. And what I mean we don't see each other, I mean we literally don't take the time to stop and say, hey, how's it going today, Bob? Or if we know Bob is showing up a little differently, taking the time to say, Bob, is there anything I can do for you? Too many people are not being seen. And I don't mean to get graphic, but because people aren't seen, that's when we have all these these mass tragedies. Because some people, someone didn't feel seen. Someone wasn't heard. Somebody didn't take the time to say, hey, something's not right here. Can I help you? And for whatever reason, we're so caught up in our own stuff that we don't Mm -hmm. have time to see other people. I think that's what the biggest challenge is. At least that is what I have 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 observed. And and it's a shame because everybody brings something of value to the organization. But do you think it's being seen by the leaders or the people in charge when you say being seen? 
or being seen by your colleagues and peers? Are you saying being seen by leaders? I just need clarification there. Yes, yes, and yes, because we all need to feel seen. We all need to feel like we're important. We all need to feel like when we come through the doors of wherever Mm -hmm. we're going, that we're important, that it matters that we're there. Everybody has something to contribute. And sometimes I put it like this. Mm -hmm. So since you asked me about leaders, sometimes leaders may feel like they've got somebody on the team that just really gets in the way. We will call them negative Ned or negative Nancy. Always have something to say about something, and it's never good. Mm -hmm. But if that leader were to turn that around and say, you know what? Ned or Nancy has that critical eye we need to look at the proposal one last time before it goes out to make sure that we've dotted all the I's and crossed all the T's. So in that instance, we're looking at negative Ned and negative Nancy and appreciating their critical eye to make sure that we've got excellence. And Dr. Barbara, I know excellence is important to you because your your motto is it's excellence or nothing, or excellence is not an option, mm-hmm. which means it's right. either excellent or it doesn't go out the door. And so when we can, what I call, reframe how we see situations and people to see the strength and the value that they bring to the table, then yes, we are seeing people differently. And when people feel differently about how they're seen, they're going to show up differently, they're going to collaborate better, they're going to perform at a higher level than even they thought they could. Since it, since it comes, it appears to me in many organizations, it is uh, it comes from its top-down initiated. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Do you, have you thought that maybe our leadership training courses or the way leadership is taught should be done from a different perspective? I really do. And it's interesting that you would ask that particular question. Just recently, I became uh, a certified psychological safety practitioner. Mm-hmm. And what I'm finding that's, that's common in a lot of organizations, I don't care if it's government, I don't care if it's hospitality, I don't care if it's a CPA firm, it doesn't matter. Psychological safety is critical to people being successful. And really quickly, I want to give you uh, the acronym of safety. The S is security. E is, uh, I'm sorry, A is our autonomy, how much autonomy we need. F is fairness. E is esteem. T is trust. And Y is you, or how much each of us on an individual basis needs a level of those things. So we'll just start with security. Security means no change. There's consistency, and I know what I can expect. A lot of people need that. Now, some people say, I love change, and that's great. But most people need some sense of security. So when you think about the changes that are going on in organizations on a regular basis, if someone who needs consistency and stability is constantly shaken, their level of psychological safety has been compromised. Therefore, they can't be as effective as they once were. So if we're always moving Susie to a different spot, but Susie likes consistency, in order to get Susie back on track, we need to give Susie some kind of assignment or responsibility that allows some kind of control and consistency in her life, and maybe she's providing that for others. So I really wish that we could get leaders to understand the importance of psychological safety and not poo-poo it as some kind of psychological babble, because it's true. Our brains are designed to keep us safe. And it used to be that safety was really around, are we going to eat today or are we going to be eaten? Now that society has changed and we've, we've evolved, now safety is around, how am I showing up? How am I being allowed to be all that I am and everything that I am and show up the way that I am? We don't see the world as it is. We see the world as we are. 
And that's huge when it comes to psychological safety. Have you, you know, when I, when I think about all that you say, I'm thinking about also, and just the question of uh, all that we see right now are major corporations um, in some sense not really um, caring about the psychological needs of Mm -hmm. people because we have so many people now who are committing suicide. We have a number of people who are stressed. Um, So it it appears to me, and I think this isn't just something that's just here in the United States, because the bottom Mm -hmm. line is productivity. The bottom line Mm -hmm. is produce. Uh, We're looking for results. Uh, The competition is high. We here in the United States, we're competing with other countries. It's a global, it's a global world now that we're dealing with. So I am just asking you, you know, what do you think is the possibility of organizations making a change? And change, of course, doesn't happen overnight. But what do you no, think of the possibility? Not. I may be asking you a tough question because you certainly can't answer all these things, but but you brought up a point about esteem and leaders needing to be more um, alert and more psychologically competent in how they deal with people mm-hmm. and who's mm-hmm. going to help them. Because I'm not sure with the millennials coming on the scene, and that's something else I was going to ask you, uh, that mm-hmm. with your work with millennials, do you see that changing? We're looking at uh, 11 million millennials coming on here in 2025. So I'm told. Mm-hmm, <laughs> mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Well, that's a great question. It's an insightful question because, you know, a few years ago, the quote-unquote flavor of the month among leaders was emotional you know intelligence, what? which is Dr. Huge, Anita, right? can I hold you right yes. there? Because you know what? we got to take a quick break, but that's a good time to take a break and come right back okay. because we got a lot more to say. So, listeners, stay tuned. We'll be right back. Thank you. Follow us on Twitter for more great ideas at Voice America Empowerment. Moving forward can be difficult to do sometimes. There is always something going on. Many times, nobody else knows exactly what you're going through. If you are experiencing pain or loss, even something that is unexplained that is missing in your life, you'll want to tune into Go For It with host Joe Hausman. Show and her guests will show you laughter and love. Sometimes you just need something a little positive in your week. Make that spot Tuesday mornings at 9 a.m. Eastern Time, 6 a.m. Pacific Time on Voice America Empowerment. Please join Dr. Sarah, a.k.a. Dr. Red, on an amazing journey of love, soul, abundance, compassion, and authenticity. Dr. Red is a well-renowned healer, hypnotherapist, author, and speaker who has overcome personal challenges to emerge stronger than ever before to reach out to you and heal you emotionally, mentally, and spiritually for the most informative and enriching experience filled with unbridled laughter and insights on life, health, culture, and society. Tune in to Dr. Redson. Tuesday at 1 p.m. Pacific, 4 p.m. Eastern on Voice America Empowerment. Friend us on Facebook to keep up with what's empowering the world. Voice America Empowerment. This is Transformation for Success. To reach Dr. Barbara Young or today's guest, 
please call into the program at 1-888-346-9141. That's 1-888-346-9141. You may also send an email to info at transformationforsuccess.com. Now, back to this week's program. Well, welcome back, and thank you for tuning back in with my guest today, Dr. Anita Polite-Wilson, affectionately known as Dr. Anita, a respected and influential educator and developer of leaders for more than 20 years. And so, before we went on break, we were talking about leaders and what are we going to see in the future with our millennials leaders and their sensitivity to the psychological well-being and safety issues concerning employees. Okay, Dr. Anita, you are on. <laughs> yes, ma'am. I'm glad you asked that question about millennials. Before we go specifically to them, I want to make sure that I'm being fair to leaders because leaders have a lot on their plate. And a few few years ago, the quote-unquote flavor of the month for leaders was emotional intelligence, which is huge. And I encourage them and applaud them to keep on that and to follow that up with learning about psychological safety. Let me say this, though. We're all responsible for ourselves. So while I agree... Everyone agrees that leaders set the standard and the tone for the organization. We're responsible for knowing how we're packaged and what we need. So, for example, if you feel like you're not quite in the right spot in the workforce, do you know what your strengths are? Do you know what values you bring to the table so that you can help educate your immediate leader about that? And do you know what your psychological safety needs are? For instance, if you need high autonomy and you feel like you're being micromanaged, There's nothing wrong with having that conversation with your leader because they may have a high need for security, which means they feel like they have to have their hands in everything. So the more you can understand yourself so that you can recognize characteristics in others, you're better able to have an educated and informed conversation that's going to cut down, if not eliminate, conflict altogether. Now, to my millennials, I love millennials. Let me me just stop you there for a minute. A millennial mentor. Let me just stop you there a minute. Um, yes. All you said, um, I, t- I take heed. But one of the things, uh, Dr. Anita, some of what you suggested or some of what you talked about to me, knowing your strengths, knowing your psychological needs and where you are, to me, that should rest in the house of HR, human resource management. Somehow, and maybe because, you know, of, of my mind, would you think that a possibility of that being integrated in the HR management, because that's the first intake of employees, so that they could maybe do the strength finders, they could do the psychological needs, so that when they are referred to various departments uh, within that corporation, then they have already a handle on it. Does that make sense? That is a, yes, it does. That is a great suggestion. And some corporations do it. I, more, I wish more, more would. I know that one of my uh, alma mater, Biola University, they actually have incoming students take their strengths so that they know what they're working with. Too many companies, though, they take the assessment and they kind of stop there. They don't help people understand, well, what exactly does this mean as far as flexing my strengths? Uh, sometimes um, leaders confuse strengths with pigeonholing people, and that's not the case. That's not to say mm-hmm. that this is all you mm-hmm. can do, but it's to say, mm-hmm. based on my strengths, I can do more in these other areas. So actually knowing your strengths is a great developmental tool. So yes, Dr. Barber, I agree with you 100%. I wish more organizations would do that. But since they don't, they can call me and I can work, through, I can work their people through that. Well, it just seems to me that as we start to look at millennials and more millennials coming mm-hmm. into the workforce, this may be something mm-hmm. that 
that they may initiate because a lot of them, what I understand, they're seeking value and growth in the organizations. Am I valued? Will I be promoted in terms of is there growth here? Uh, is there? Do I fit in with the vision of this company? So share some of your thoughts on what you've learned. You are absolutely correct. And I like to consider myself a millennial mentor because they, they gravitate to me because I am still very clear about the challenges that I had in my transition from college to young adulthood trying to figure out my career path. So I Mm -hmm. love working with millennials. And interestingly, we have five generations in the workforce right now, and Mm -hmm. on the heels of the millennials is the next generation. I've been studying workforce uh, intergenerational dynamics for the last 10 years, and Dr. Barber, you're spot on. More than anyone, millennials really want to align their own personal values with the corporate values. When you look at traditionalists, they're accustomed to coming in and and kind of following the status quo, not mm-hmm. making waves and looking to be with an organization for 30 years. God bless them. Those days of a 30-year career with an organization are pretty much gone. And millennials, to their credit, they're going to go where they're appreciated. Now, some people seem to think that millennials just job hop. That's not necessarily the case. If you can't meet the, the needs of a millennial, they're going to go where their needs are met. And to be quite honest with you, to me, that makes sense for anyone. If you're going to invest in me, if you're going to develop me, if you're going to help me grow, of course I'll stay. If you're not, why would I stay? So I applaud millennials for the way they look at the workplace. In addition to that, there's a new trend called giganomics, where instead of a full-time job, many people have several different jobs. So mm-hmm. the workforce is changing, and the attitude towards those that we have in the workforce, those that we are fortunate enough to collaborate with and cultivate, that attitude needs to change as well. I think that's very good, all that you said. How, one of the things uh, that I'm going to sort of shift here, you call yourself an influential educator. Tell me what you mean by that. What I mean by that is, first of all, I don't just go in setting myself up as what they used to call the sage on stage or the person who's mm-hmm. got all the answers. I believe we're all walking through this life trying to figure it out together. Life is an experience. And again, it's not about seeing the world as it is, but seeing the world as I am through my lens. And in that case, everybody brings something to the table. Everyone can contribute something. I've designed a workshop called a Collective Wisdom Forum that can serve 10 up to 1,000 people. I've done it for just under 1,000 people. Well, Uh we all come together and we look at a question and we analyze it and we answer it and we figure it out together. And we go deeper and deeper and deeper into that question until we realize that people who engage in joint dialogue really find the answers to common challenges, either as individuals or teams or as entire organizations. So when I say I'm influential, I help people realize the value that they bring to the table. Everyone has a voice and every voice matters. That's good to know and thank you for that. One of the things that I know um, and I want to get into is that you've shared, you believe everyone is gifted to shift into new levels of success and you created what is called the five-phase shift. So share what is it and how can people shift shift uh, into new levels because they're using their gifts uh, to shift into those new levels. Absolutely. It is what I call a reflective learning model. And reflection is so important, yet a lot of people feel like they don't have the time for it these days. Life is so busy. We're doing so much more. But unless we take the time to reflect, we shortchange ourselves 
from the ability to learn from ourselves. So SHIFT is an acronym, and it stands for Self-Assess, Hone In, Investigate, Fix, and Team. So really quickly, self-assess, we can either use tools like the Gallup Strengths Finder, which shows you what your five strengths are, or we can just sit and reflect about how unique we are, what we bring to the table, what people come to us for, what we're good at, what we're known for. Hone In says once you've done that self-assessment, either through a tool or just sitting down and thinking about something, how do you focus in on the insights from your new self-knowledge to recognize a path of progression? Investigate means being curious about some aha moments because every time you have an aha moment, there are deeper meanings and greater possibilities behind that light bulb that just went off. And then fix is not to say that there's anything wrong with you. Fix is about changing your self-perception and your self-talk so that you can increase your ability to reach your goals faster. We think about how the world was created. God thought of it and he said it and it was. Well, if we believe that we're created in his image, we need to think about something and speak that into existence so that it can become. And then team, forming success partnerships that move us forward by providing support and accountability. And when we talk about team, I like to encourage people to create a board of directors. Do you have a cheerleader? Do you have a coach? Do you have a mentor? Do you have a champion? And do you have a sponsor? A cheerleader is always going to be in your back, or uh, be um, have your back, rather. A cheerleader is always going to have your back. A coach is going to ask you questions to make you think from your own perspective about how you can increase your performance. A mentor is going to be someone that advises you from their own experience. A sponsor is going to be someone who puts your name forward for projects. And a champion is going to be someone that's going to be able to open doors for you that you would not normally have access to. So when you think about your team, think about your board of directors. And if you don't have someone in all of those roles, think about it and make sure that you can complete your board of directors. Okay, so basically SHIFT is a reflective learning model, which is uh, self-assessment. So now, will that uh, self-assessment, Dr. Anita, can someone have a self-assessment other than the strength finders? Are there there other self-assessments out there? Absolutely. There are tons of tools out there. One that's very popular in corporations is DISC. Right. I used to administer the DISC many years ago. That's just an aside. Mm -hmm, (laughs) mm -hmm. Okay. So, yes, there are many self-assessment tools out there. So that's good for the listeners to know. And then the Mm -hmm. second is hone in. So Mm -hmm. honing in is honing it onto your skill, into your skills, your skill set. Honing in is honing in on whatever pops up from your self-assessment. So to your point, we can either use a tool or we can sit down and think. So here's something that I like to bring about in a classroom just for just to relax people. I'll say, have you ever run across somebody that for whatever reason you just don't like? And people will just laugh because everyone can, can reflect on that. Okay, so to sit down and think about it, what is it about this person I don't like? They've got on a red sweater. The hone in says, what is it about this red sweater? It could be that someone in my past constantly wore a red sweater and they made me feel like dirt every time I saw them. So when you're honing in on that red sweater and you're investigating, it's not this person. It's the feeling that I associate with this red sweater. Let me recognize that and let me give this person the benefit of the doubt because they're not the person that made me feel the way I did when this person who always wore the red sweater did. That's what we're talking about. So to self-assess mm-hmm. does not always mean a tool. It could be sitting down and thinking about why am I feeling this way, honing in on it, it's the red jacket, investigating, it's the person who wore the red jacket and how they made me feel and not this person that I just met who happens to be wearing a red jacket. 
One of the things that, that's coming into my mind while you're saying this, this reflective learning model uh, would work well in groups rather than someone, an individualized uh, approach. It might be a better approach, would you say, that you've used it with groups because uh, there are not many people are going to sit down and say, okay, I'm going to hone in on this person that's wearing a blue jacket and see why that upsets me. I mean, we're putting a lot on, <laughs> to me, I'm thinking about people uh, will work better if they're working in groups. Have you found that you use your shift five-phase shift in groups, or how do, how do you use it? I have used it in groups, but it's really mm-hmm. meant as a self-coaching tool because not everyone has access to a Dr. Nita or a Dr. Barbara. And so when we're stuck, we need to develop a discipline to say, how do I at least think about this? And so that's a short process that I have coined. Change your frame, change your focus, change your future. What, what am I seeing right now? How can I reframe that into something more positive so that I can change what I'm focusing on, which is something more positive, so that I can mm-hmm. change my future, which is a more positive outcome? So really, we have to take onus and ownership for how it is we're feeling and how it is we show up by sitting down and taking the time to reflect. We have to. We absolutely must. The reason why I'm, I'm sort of uh, being the advocate here, not maybe troubleshooting a bit with you, but it's like we're in mm-hmm. such a world, Dr. Anita, where people are looking for the quick fixes. It's not about the time sensitivity that it takes. How do you deal with this whole uh, generation? Think of our Gen Zers coming along. It's about a quick fix. Mm-hmm. We either get it online, you Google it, you get an answer through Google. Well, how do you deal with that? I'm so glad you brought that up, Dr. Barber, because there is no such thing as a quick fix. And I know you know this. I know you posed the question for discussion. And let me, let me liken it to this. When I facilitate a workshop, it's a four-hour workshop, I remind the people at the end of the workshop, now I hope you realize that what you just got is the beginning. This does not do you any good unless you go outside of these four walls and put into practice what you have just learned. So, yes, you can do a 30-minute webinar, a four-hour workshop. You can go to a great weekend service, and you're coming back all excited and pumped and ready to go. But unless you're willing to implement something the following week and the week after that and the week after that, you're not going to get anywhere. So what I try and tell people is if you can have a 1% improvement every day inside of a year, that's not a 365% improvement. Statistically speaking, that's actually a 378.5% improvement over a year with just a 1% improvement every day. And a 1% improvement could be, are you seeing people when they come to the door every day? Are you getting someone a genuine, how you doing? And if they say not too good, are you listening? Do you really care? That's a 1% improvement. That's good. Well, I mean, I'm thanking you for that, you know, because I am aware and of my listeners out there, that somebody's going to say, well, you know what? We're in a world where everybody wants a quick fix and we want to change now. I mean, this, mm-hmm. <laughs> this reflective learning yeah. model <laughs> just isn't going to cut it with me. But tell me this. Um, you yeah. have had a lot of work these last few years, um, and it's very interesting and illuminating work. What do you think has been your greatest um, success successes? You know, every time I can help organizations align people, passion, and purpose, that's a success for me. When we help employees, associates, 
colleagues, whatever label you want to put on them, when you help them understand who they are, for instance, going through the DISC assessments or the Strength Finders assessment, and uncover who they are, they're going to ignite more passion for their work. And when passionate people are pursuing a shared purpose, then everyone wins. So I get excited around helping corporations and individuals align people, passion, and purpose. And just a couple of weeks ago, I was working with one of the largest CPA firms in Orange County with their leaders. It's called Level Up Leadership. And what I helped them to understand was to level up doesn't mean that you're walking on water because no one does. To level up doesn't mean that you do it all because no one can. To level up means from your perspective, are you seeing things from your immediate leader's perspective and are you coming up with solutions that meet their needs, not just at your needs? And and a couple of people said that the shift model that they went through was most helpful because it helped them to identify where they needed to level up, first of all, for themselves, for mm-hmm. their peers, for the teams that they lead, and for their organizations. I think that's great. That is good. What has been, what do you think, one of the, your disappointments, and we're going to talk about that when I come back after break, and so I want you to stay tuned because we're going to be right back with my charming guest and very informative guest, Dr. Anita Polite-Wilson. Thank you for listening. We'll be right back. We're on Facebook, along with some of the greatest minds of the world, and that includes you. Visit us on Facebook at Voice America Empowerment. If you've always wanted to take the lead in your life, but you don't believe you are a leader, then it's time to change that mindset. Leadership expert Linda Patton will help you discover the powerful leader that lives within and teach you the leadership skills that will transform your business and your life. Stepping into your leadership brings reality to your vision, and leadership can be learned. Find out more on Leadership Stars every Monday at 10 a.m. Pacific Time, 1 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Success starts here. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com. It's your world. This is Transformation for Success. To reach Dr. Barbara Young or today's guest, please call into the program at 1-888-346-9141. That's 1-888-346-9141. You may also send an email to info at transformationforsuccess.com. Now, back to this week's program. Welcome back to my discussion today with Dr. Anita Polite-Wilson, affectionately known as Dr. Anita. So, Dr. Anita, before we went on break, we were talking about some of your success stories with corporations and with leveling up, with just the corporations you just dealt with. But more importantly, I was going to ask you, what has been your, I guess, I hate to say this, but an uh, an opportunity that didn't work out. <laughs> I hate to say a failure. I don't want to say it in that sense. But what was one of your, you know, the opportunities given that it just didn't work out? What's been your greatest disappointment? Uh, my greatest disappointment as a consultant is mm-hmm. working with organizations that just don't seem to understand uh, to the point that we made just before break, a change doesn't happen overnight. Um, you had mentioned culture change. Culture change takes about seven to ten years 
which means you pretty much need a whole generation to move on so that the incoming generation can do things differently. But something that I really focus on is shifting the paradigm of change management from flavor of the month activities that have little or no impact to more engaging people-focused initiatives that noticeably transform cultures. So I'm thinking about um, an organization that I recently worked with, and we we had some tremendous progress in the workshop. And I said, now, in order to keep this going, we really need to do some team coaching afterwards. And, of course, I was met with, well, we just don't have the time for that. Well, if you don't have the time to sustain what you've just initiated, then nothing is ever going to change. And that's huge. That is my biggest disappointment, not being able to get folks to understand that you have to have that that infrastructure afterwards to support behavior change. Otherwise, it's not going to happen. Thank you so much for sharing your insights with us today because it's just been really illuminating experience. And I know the listeners out there are really, really uh, gratified to have your intake uh, and your comments on finding their strengths, and what leaders need to be doing. What some of the, um, well, what I would want to say is, what do you prescribe, because you talk about this and you have shared this with me, as the road for success for many mid-career employees and leaders? What do you prescribe for them? I By have, mid-career? I have a formula. Okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I have a formula for mid-career folks especially. Mm-hmm. Again, I, I know that everyone is, is, well, I believe that everyone is, is experienced enough to find answers from within. For my mid-career folks who may have decided, you know what, I've been doing this for a while, but this is really not who I am, I have a formula, and it's um, the motivational behavior style plus their transferable skills and their flexible strengths equals career agility. So let's look at motivation really quickly. When I've asked people, what motivates you? A lot of people say money. I'm like, no, it's not money because you're not happy doing what you're doing and the money is obviously not enough. It's the impact that you have on other people for which you may earn a dollar. So first of all, is your motivation around having influence with people or over situations? Are you motivated just by working on a team or are you motivated just by getting things done? That's huge, but you need to know that. Then what are your transferable skills? For instance, typing is a transferable skill. You can take that to any job. Then what are your flexible strengths? If it's written communication, now you've got some career agility. So let's say that your motivation is having influence with others. Let's say your transferable skill is typing. And let's say your flexible strength is written communication. Now you've got career agility as an author, a playwright, a blogger, someone who writes lyrics. All of these things come to mind as options when you're thinking about your next career transition into something that honors who you are with what you'd be doing. Okay. That sounds good to me. (laughs) What motivates you? (laughs) And what are your transferable skills? And what are your flexible strengths? So it's called MTF, (laughs) the acronym. (laughs) Okay. Yes. What do you think? (laughs) I like acronyms, and I think you use them a lot. So MTF is for mid-career employees. Now, does that... Um, apply to leaders as well? It applies to leaders. I believe it mm-hmm. applies to those just entering the workforce and still trying to figure it out. So mm-hmm. how am I motivated? What are the skills I've developed so far? What are my strengths? And what career options do I have? It's also great for people who are retiring out of the current workforce and moving into the next phase of volunteerism or perhaps going out and consulting as they will. It works for anybody, really. It really gets you to sit down and think, am I honoring who I am? 
by aligning it with what I do. I call it who-do alignment. But, you know, there's, there's, a, there's a but question I have before we go off the air, and that is so many people um, that I see today in the workforce, so many of them are working at low-paying, low-waging, low-wages, uh, low-wage mm-hmm. jobs, let's put it that way. So when you ask mm-hmm. the question what motivates them, it could possibly be money because we're looking at trying times, I think, with 10 12 $15 an hour. How do you how do you address that if they do say money? What motivates because they're in uh all these people that are working in a lot of these restaurants and I run across them oftentimes and I'll ask, Are you going to school? You know, what are you doing to help your situation? So what's your answer to that? And that may be a little tough question I'm asking you that. I mean you don't no, have all the I'm glad <laughs> I'm glad you asked that question. I really am because a lot of people do feel like they're stuck in their situation mm-hmm. for practical purposes and cannot necessarily pursue their passion. And that goes back to what I mentioned about change your frame, change your focus, change your future. So let's say I'm stuck in a job that I really don't like, but it's paying the bills. Well, then we need to change our frame from expecting professional fulfillment out of this job to recognizing that. It is providing financial stability. So now we've changed our frame. Now you can change your focus. I can stop going in every day and expecting to leave out of here skipping and singing a song. But I can focus on, well, what is it that I do love to do and how might I be able to turn that into a quote-unquote side hustle? Then when we change our future, we can go into work because we're no longer expecting it to fulfill us professionally, but being very grateful that we've got this steady income to actually maybe not hating work (laughs) and then Uh thinking about what is it that I love to do that this income can fund until I can get to the place where I can pursue my passion as my profession. So I'm glad you asked that question. We can always do a reframe and a refocus to come up with a new future for anything. But again, it goes back to are we willing to take the time to reflect? Well, I am so glad we had this conversation today. You've shared what you believe and how people are, everyone is gifted to shift into new levels of success. And she outlined the reflective learning model today. So I want to thank you for being so transparent, Dr. Anita, and sharing with my listeners, my uh, guests today. You have just been outstanding. So I just want to thank you so much for being on the show. We'll have to do, and also I just want to make I'll note that Dr. Anita is on the Transformation Success Television side of the house in her show that is coming out. I had her as a guest on the series, and you've got to check her out on the Transformation Success TV and catch her in person. You've got a chance to see her and have her illuminate more about learning and being what she calls an influential educator. So again, listeners, I want to leave you with this today. Leadership is a potent combination of strategy and character. But if you must be without one, be without the strategy. That's not original. That's Norman Schwarzkopf that made that comment. So again, I want to thank you for listening to the Transformation for Success show. And Dr. Anita, I want to thank you for removing some of the blinders that we may have as we think about our gifts, our strengths, and where we're going 
in this next journey. So thank you so much for sharing today. Thank you. It's been an honor and a pleasure. Thank you so much. And I'm proud to say you are one of my mentors. So thank you, Dr. thank Thank you for that. So God bless you. And listeners, I want you to remember to this, my last little word, fear limits you and your vision. And it can serve as a blinder to what may be just a few steps down the road for you. So your journey is valuable. Believe in your talents, your abilities, and your self-worth, because I guarantee you, it can empower you to walk down an even greater path and brighter path of transforming your life. How great is that? So until next week, stay tuned. I'll be back with another guest and another great show for you. And thank you for listening. This is Dr. Barbara Young, signing off until next week. We appreciate you joining us for Transformation for Success. Please join your host, Dr. Barbara Young, again next Tuesday at 3 p.m. Eastern Time. That's 12 noon Pacific Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Or join us for our replay every Friday at 3 p.m. Eastern Time and 12 noon Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Channel. Have an outstanding week.